Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with world-renowned jazz percussionist Bill Summers. We caught up with him on June 21st, 2021 to talk about the Make Music Day in Dunbar Park, part of the International Voyage of the Drum World Jazz Festival, also in conjunction with the UNESCO Creative City of Music that's taking place here in Kansas City. This veteran musician has spent more than 30 years tracing the rhythmic links between Africa, the Caribbean, and the Americas. In the 1970s, he was experimenting with ancient flutes when Herbie Hancock hired him for his legendary fusion group, The Headhunters. He's a fighter for what is right, he loves what he does, and he has a great story. Enjoy. Hey, Bill, thanks for taking a minute out for Neon Jazz. Thank you for having me. You bet, man, and welcome to Kansas City. Thank you. Do you know Anita Dixon? Absolutely, I do. Anita's well, I'm the... Sitting, uh, I'm sitting over here with her drinking coffee talking about Babalu. You're, you're, in, you're in fine company. She is the torchbearer of Kansas City Jazz, so um, that, that's the person you need to be around. Yeah, I'm here with... Yeah, we're, we're having a great time here. Cool, man. This is a, quite a magnanimous event to, to be here for, I think. After the year that we've lived on this planet, the, the fact that we're celebrating music and making music and welcoming themed individuals like you to town is, is, is quite a magnificent leap. I mean, what's your take on the year we've lived and coming here and being a part of an event where we make music? You know, we needed three or four weeks for me to talk about that, but uh, <laughs> yeah. to, to capital, to, to, you know, to, uh, abridge it or abbreviate it on it had you know for me i was a I, I was hit by hurricane katrina i live in new orleans you know they call it a track you know that a tragedy you know what i'm saying and in my life tra- I, I you know i've learned not to process what god you know hands 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 me you know whatever the situation like with Hurricane Katrina, I'm not going to get hit twice, and that's what I tell people. I don't. Let's not hit. Let's not get hit twice. If you, if you're faced with a tragedy like Katrina, um, I look at it and start saying, "I want you on vacation, okay?" Instead of it being like, "Hey, what was me?" There's a reason for it, you know. Um, and, and and what was your question again? Could you repeat that? What? Really, just kind of the idea of the year that we've lived through. What's it? What's it mean? Yeah, to the, the Corona thing. Yeah. Well, well and, I, and to make I, music. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I associate, you know, Corona with like, okay, God saying, "I want you inside." So you got a lot of work to do. It's not a bad thing, you know. Of course, we, we you know, I, I actually had Corona. I had the virus. I, I almost died. I felt like I was dying. And so, um, it's, I, I rejoice in it, you know. You know, you cannot take a tragedy that happens to you, if it is a tragedy, if you're processing it that way, what you, I think what you need to do is look at it as a positive and, and work with it and stuff against it. So what I did during this last year is I recorded 30 songs. And, and finished my memoirs and wrote another couple of books. Don't get hit twice. You know, Corona hit us, but what you need to do is just retreat a little bit and find out what the purpose of it is and, and what you have to do to process it as a positive instead of a negative. So it's, it's been a learning experience for me in a way of trying to get a, 
you know, around it. You're from New Orleans, and Kansas City is another cradle of jazz. What does it mean to be here on a day like today to make music and to celebrate what we love? Well, you know, Kansas City is one of the hubs of the wheel. You know, it, it's, it's it's very important because so many important musicians come from Kansas City, and we wouldn't have jazz as we know it or music as we know it without Kansas City. So. I'm I'm actually just in the neighborhood. New Orleans is is a room in my house, and so is Kansas City, and so is Paris or Soweto. You know, it's it's not that big of a place to plan it. So we're you know Kansas City is an important important place. That's why I'm here. I want to be a part of it. So the voyage of the drum is definitely something that's emblematic of your life. You've been all over the world. You've studied this. This is your life. How do you approach that with an audience like today? How 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 do you infuse that love you have for the instrument for those that come and want to experience it maybe for the first time or in a way that they don't know? Well, it's difficult because it's not an easy task because historically people have in America have not respected the drum. You know, you're you're, you're the last one hired and the first one fired. They're not going to get rid of the bass player or the piano player. They think, well, we don't need the percussionist. We'll get rid of him or whatever or her. It's an uphill battle because of the ignorance. And a lot of people don't really understand, in America that is, but in other places like Brazil and Cuba and Trinidad, having a drummer or a hand drummer being a band leader is, is normal, but here it's not. So that's a challenge. As a musician, as the world of jazz and collectively artists return to events like what you're you're here in Kansas City for, how do you believe musicians are going to emerge stronger from what we've gone through? Well, number one, you know, when the, when this pandemic hit, um, especially like in a place like New Orleans, you know, where where music is 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 really functional in an everyday part of life where you see a second line band coming up the street, 300 people, and there's no, no advertisement for it. It just happens. You know, they plan it, but you never know it's coming. So there was a couple of things that happened. Number one, don't get hit by things. You can't. So for me, it was, it was go into, into the studio. And the first thing that I did, I produced a couple of concerts with people from other countries and other cities, and we all played together, uh, but we did it via the Internet. And I, I did two, two things. I did two concerts. They're called Bill Summers Safe Concerts. So this was a concert where I played with musicians in, in Brazil and in L.A. and in New Orleans, and we were all... We all played together, but we were not in the same room to contaminate one another. So the challenge not then was how do we continue to do the music that we love under these conditions? So that's that was part of the challenge, and that's what I did. I'm, I, I didn't I, I didn't draw I didn't miss a beat. I mean, okay, we can't. There's no gigs. Oh yeah, there are gigs. So what I started to do is recording sessions. People send me their tracks electronically and then I bring the track up on my program uh, and I multi-track my percussion parts to, to that person 
and then I send them back via retransfer or hightail or whatever, and they they can process my parts uh, without me being in the studio with them. So you just have to work around situations and. We, we've done okay as uh, the musicians survived, and there was a thing called the CARES Act. You know about that? Yes. Okay, so a lot of musicians were given money. A lot of people who were actually, uh, what do you call it, in, if you were an independent contractor and you were unemployed as a, as a, as a result of COVID-19, you were protected under the CARES Act. So you were actually, people were given $600 a week for about a year. And in fact, they were making more money doing that than on their regular jobs. So there was some cushion, you know, that we were given to to survive. Although I had to fight for my money, I didn't. I actually um, applied for unemployment and um, was protected under the CARES Act. But I had to go to court to get the money. I actually had a court hearing on the phone with a judge. And she asked me to explain why I felt that I was entitled to the CARES Act money. And I said, I'm an I'm a, I'm a independent contractor, and I lost all my work as a result of COVID-19 because Jazz Fest was in New Orleans was canceled, and all my work around the world was canceled. All my tours were canceled. So I need that money. And, and the judge decided in my favor, and after a year of, of fighting for the money, I got one big check. Okay, <laughs> so that was that was a benefit. You know, you got you have to you have to just fight sometimes for what's right. And and black people in America know about fighting for what's right. And it's not about race; it's about what's right. It ain't about yeah. you being white or you being black or you being Chinese or you being Korean. It's like what's what's fair. It's how the yeah. fairer it ain't. It ain't got nothing to do with being black and white. Absolutely. So how did this love of drums begin for you? Where, where, uh, where in your childhood it, did it, it start, begin? Well, I'll tell you, we, we're having a discussion about this right now. And part of it started with Lucy and Desi, okay? Now, yeah. I'll explain that. Lucy and Desi Arnaz, they had a show called I Love Lucy, right? Yeah. I, started, I was put in a conservatory when I was five years old. Okay, I spent 10 years in the conservatory playing classical piano. So by the time I was seven or eight years old, I was doing concertos and concerts and all kinds of stuff. It was a regular part of my life. And, um, and I would watch this I Love Lucy show on TV, and they had some music in the beginning that I, I, I knew, I knew some, something was in, in there that had some, something to do with me. I didn't know what it was, but I could hear it. And Ricky would come in and say, Baba Lou. Baba Lou. Now, most people in America, white and black, know that, that, that word from watching I Love Lucy. But for me, it was like, well, what is, what is this thing? What does that mean? I, it has some kind of call to me. So I researched the word, and it's, a, it's an African word. And it, it, um, Baba means father, and Olu means owner or chief. And Aye, there's another part, so it's Babalu Aye. Only chief of the world. That's a Yoruba word, Yoruba word. Some people call it, it's a, it's a particular ethnic group in Nigeria called the Yoruba tribe. And they came to the Americas and they went to Cuba, or Cuba as people say it. 
And that's where, where Ricky Ricardo learned the word. It's an, it's an Orisha called Babalua. So that had a lot to do that influenced, for me, I love the sound of these drums. And over a period of years, I began to understand the importance of the African drum and its contribution to American music. So it's in everything we do. If it, if it wasn't for the African drum, there would be no jazz. It wouldn't exist. And it came, that came out of Congo Square. A lot of the influence that developed the concept of jazz came out of discrimination and racism. I like percussion. Yeah, absolutely. It's your life, for sure. So, you know, one of the, one of the bigger moments that have happened to you in your life was when Herbie tapped you to be in the band, the Headhunters. Did you feel like you arrived? What was your thought and feeling going into that venture? I was, I, I was discriminated against even by black musicians. So even with Herbie, he didn't, he, he didn't treat me like the other members of the band. You know, I was, he had learned some bad habits, which was not to, you know, from, from bad teachers. People, you know, you know, who was the percussionist? I, I wasn't treated like the other members of the band, really, you know. And so I had to, but I loved it because if I didn't get that job from Herbie, if I, if I rocked the boat, I couldn't move my, my, um, my movement ahead, which was to, um, Expose other people to to um, African music and and the diaspora, and so I just had to bite, bite my tongue a lot of times, you know, because of the ignorance around it. I, yeah, I knew I had arrived, and I knew, knew my, my responsibility was to the other people who respected and played the kind of music that I played. My job was suck it up and move forward, move the movement forward. So I had to take abuse, even from Herbie and other people who, who were ignorant and didn't know and had, had actually, uh, what do you call it, had to develop bad habits uh, from listening to the system. And you've had a very celebrated existence as a musician. What are you proudest of? What accomplishment, what, 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 is, what have you feel like you've done that you feel the proudest of? Introducing America to the intricacies of African and African-derived music forms, you know, because we, it's a multi-trillion-dollar industry. Um, we contribute heavily to it, but we do not get the, all the rewards that we're that, that we're entitled to. You know, in America, uh, very few black musicians from the beginning um, were allowed to even read let alone have publishing companies. So here you have a situation economically where you're not allowed to read or write. You're not allowed to, to go into a particular club or a hotel or, or whatever because of Jim Crow laws. And, 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 that, and that created a very big financial loss for the African-American community. And it and actually harmed the white community because they were not given uh, the, the true story. So people like Benny, Benny Goodman or uh, people like that became the king of swing instead of Duke and Count Basie. Or people became the king of rock and roll like um, Elvis Presley instead of 
you know, Chuck Berry and Bo Diddley. You know, it's it's not the it's it's a, it was an unfair playing field. If you understand what I'm saying, you know, it was, it's not about race, it's not about white and black. It's just about right and wrong. You know, yeah. You know, if you want Eskimo music, go to the Eskimos. Yeah. If you want jazz, go to the black people. If you want R and B, you gotta you gotta deal with that. And it's not about race. It's not about. It's just facts. It's just cultural. Who who created jazz? What is the word? A lot of jazz musicians. I ask them, "You're a jazz musician? Yeah, I play this. I play jazz. Where did the word come from? Define it. They can't do it. They can't do it. They don't even know the origin of the word. So if you're a doctor or you're a surgeon, you're you're either working on feet, you're a podiatrist, you're working on the heart, you're working on some part of the human body. It's the same with music. It's 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 very specific. So. You know, there are certain injustices that I, I think my greatest contribution is being an asshole, okay? That's my biggest contribution is being almost like a troublemaker. You know, I don't want to be, but to, to prove the point and to get things changed, you have to be like Martin Luther King or Malcolm X. You, you have to take chances. You have to speak the truth, and a lot of people don't understand that it's out of love that you do it. They don't get it. So as a creator, as a creative person, what do you look forward to the most every day when you wake up? Playing music. I play music every day, most of the time, all day, and I have a problem going to bed because I'm so geeked up on the music. I get up early in the morning because I love life, and the first thing I do is roll off the couch because I don't sleep in the bed because the couch is in the studio. And when I get up, I go right to the computer, open my proteins unit, my mics are always live, I have 200 instruments, and I'm recording. I'm recording all the time. That's life. That's it. And it's a wonderful life because I'm happy, and it's really about being happy. I'm just happy, you know, and then music makes me happy, and people, and playing music for people makes me happy. Beautiful. So talk to me a little bit about the event today. You know, if somebody's on the fence and they're not sure what they're going to do and where they're going to go, why should they come see uh, your event today that's going to take place? It kind of give me a preview. Well, it's, it's really not my event. It's, I'm, I'm here really, really to support Anita Dixon because she is like a pioneer and what she's doing is so important and people won't, probably won't realize it too. Maybe she's gone. No, maybe um, it seems like that's the way things go. You're, you're, you die, and then all of a sudden you're important. She's blazing the trail, and it's her program. Um, basically, I'm here to support her and her efforts, along with uh, Bird Fleming. If you come to the, you know, the thing about this music thing is, if you come to this thing today, it's gonna, it's gonna be a family reunion. You know, we're going to play music, but it's about the music of the world. And today, today I was uh, observing some some of the things she put into motion, which is like twenty or thirty different nations around the planet are are actually round the clock. You can go on the internet and see people from Japan and China and Brazil that are part of her program. That's unheard of. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if you come today, it's not about politics. And it's not about religion. 
And it's not about your own agenda. It's about having fun. So if you come, you're going to be educated, and you're going to have a whole lot of fun. So uh, I, I emphasize fun and, and being educated. And, you know, you can, you, can, you can have fun and be educated at the same time. Basically, I think that you know, you're going to get all this music, which is going to be a potpourri of things. It's going to be jazz. It's going to be Afro-Cuban or Cuban. It's going to be Brazilian. It's going to be Japanese. It's going to be all kinds of musicians there, and they're the best musicians in Kansas City. So, you Beautiful. know, that's worth going to. And I think it's free. You know, yeah. that's, a, that's <laughs> a big drawing card right there. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. So, Bill, my final question to you is this. Everyone has a perception of who they think you are, your family, your friends, your large fan base, but you're living your life. Who do you think you are? I just think I'm a citizen of the universe. I'm, I'm not an American citizen. I'm not a French citizen. I'm not a German citizen. I'm not an African citizen. I'm a, I'm a person of the universe. I'm a universalite. And Africa is a room in my house, and Cuba is a room in my house, and Italy is a room in my house, and France, and Soweto. We're one family. Unfortunately, we have some rooms in the house to clean up. And um, we have some, some mending to do and some educating to do. Ignorance is our biggest, is our biggest enemy. It, the stu stupidity is okay because you can't, you can't help a person that's stupid because ignorance, like I was telling the friend today, even we talked about ignorance, it's, it's you've ignored something. Let's look at the root word. You've ignored something, and, and you have, you can, you can get a reprieve from ignorance, but not stupidity. Yeah. So, you know, it's just the thing where, you know, I, I, I just want to, you know, hopefully help mend some of the ills of the world and try to put an end to racism and injustice and global warming and anything that's going to destroy this place that we live in. That's it. Beautiful. I'm happy yep. to play music for y'all, and that's it. Beautiful. Enjoy your time. Thank you for coming to Kansas City. I really appreciate your time today, Bill. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. And people out there, look, learn how to treat each other better. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in Africa, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Bill for his time, music, and story. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino in the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com and for everything Neon Jazz all the time, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.